0: Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Holy Week Revival Podcast. This week, we welcome several dynamic speakers, David Perkins, Jabin Chavez, Scott Jones, and our very own Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. And now, here's today's message. At the height of Desert Storm, Ruth Dillo received a very sad message from the Pentagon. It stated that her son, Chris or Clayton Carpenter, private first class, had stepped on a mine in Kuwait and had been killed. And Ruth Dillo later wrote I couldn't begin to describe my grief and my shock because my boy was gone. It was almost more than I could bear. For three days, she wept. For three days, she expressed anger and loss. For three days, people tried to comfort her, but to no avail because the loss was just too great. Then three days later, she received another message. The phone rang, and a voice on the other end said, Mom, it's me, Clayton. Mom, I'm alive. Ruth Dillow said, I couldn't believe it at first, but then I recognized his voice. Because I recognized the voice of my son. He really was alive. The message that I had received, she said, was all a mistake. And she said, I laughed, I cried, and I turned cartwheels in the living room. <laughs> because my son, that I thought was dead, was really alive. When Jesus truly died, not just swooned, but truly died, the final words he stated were, It is finished. What he was intimating was the plan that he had laid in three and a half years was complete. Salvation had been purchased. Healing had been purchased. Eternal life had been purchased. There was no more that he could do in the plan of God to satisfy sin's demands. It, the plan, was finished. His death spelled the end of sin's reign. Say amen to that. In the Bible days, when someone died, it was the duty of family members to bury them. And when Jesus died, this became the duty of two men, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They went to Pontius Pilate and they begged the body of the Lord Jesus. And they took the body of Jesus to a new tomb that Joseph had prepared for himself. And you that were here Friday night knew that it was just a borrowed place because the Lord wasn't going to stay there long. And they walked away from that tomb and no doubt they walked in silence so that all you could hear was the sound of their sadness, perhaps muffled crying, sniffling. They thought it's all over. The end of the dream has come and it only lasted three short years. Then Pontius Pilate came behind them and locked the Savior with a stone and with wax and a governor's seal with his ring. He also posted guards around the clock to watch for someone that would come and try to steal the body of Jesus. And three days passed like an eternity. For three days, all the demons of hell rejoiced and Satan and the force of darkness thought they had won a great victory. For three days, the Jewish leaders as well as the Roman government congratulated, slapped themselves on the back because they had such a brilliant scheme. But on the third day, on the third day, something wonderful and miraculous happened. As God said to one of his angels in heaven, go get him. (laughs) And when the angel's feet hit the ground, the stone was rolled away and up from the grave he arose. He lives. He is risen today. This morning, We come to celebrate that most glorious event in history. Anybody want to celebrate? We come to celebrate our risen Lord in Christ. We come to celebrate our salvation. We come to celebrate forgiveness of sin. We come to celebrate victory over death. We come to celebrate the gift of eternal life. And that's just a few of the things we have to celebrate because Jesus rose from the grave. We've come to church today to rejoice and to praise the one who gave us a chance in life. And I can only imagine the joy that they felt on that Easter Sunday morning when they learned of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. And although they had mourned the death of Jesus, their mourning turned to joy on that first Easter. Are you happy he's alive today? I read something the other day that I thought I would pass on to you, I thought it was very important for me to pass this on to you. The redwoods in the Sequoia National Forest out west, some of them have started falling. They really have. Those big old trees that you can cut in their, in, into the their trunk system and drive cars through, those big trees have been falling recently. And they begin to check, scientists begin to check, and people who know forestry begin to check, and they said it had to be insects got into the root system. You know, in those trees, the root system is not deep, two or three feet maybe. They catch hold of the roots of other trees, and they are held up by the roots in the system of other trees. But something happened. Perhaps it was a fire, and perhaps it got up in the trunk, and the tree finally just collapsed after so many years, but it wasn't that. And what they, what they ascertained was this. Are you ready for this? They ascertained that there's so many people visiting the forest today, and it's just foot traffic. It's just the foot traffic on the root system that has cut off the supply to that tree. So many people have trumped through those, through those forests and through those, through those areas that, that it's cut off supply, and those trees literally are falling. It, it sounds insane. It sounds like it couldn't be true, but that's what they ascertained. And here's what I want to say today. There's a lot of foot traffic. There's a lot of foot traffic on the faith that we express today in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people want to step on your dream. There's a lot of folks that want to say it never did happen. There's a lot of folks that say it just didn't take place. But I'm here to declare to you that Jesus is alive. And the bedroot, the root system of all that we are is that he is alive today. He is alive today. I love the story. I got it. I pulled it up. I love this story. A man, a man's wife had a cat that he despised. And I hope that I'm not hurting anybody by telling this story if you're a cat lover. And so the man took that cat and put it in a sack while his wife was away one day and put a couple of bricks in that sack and tied that sack and threw it in the river and drowned that cat. I'm sorry. It's a story. And the wife was in hysterics when she found that her cat was missing. And the husband made a grand and noble gesture of taking out an ad in the local paper offering a $1,000 reward for the cat's return. And the neighbor said, man, you're crazy offering that kind of reward for a cat. And the husband said, when you know what I know, you can afford to take a risk. And I'm preaching to an audience today That knows what you know. And you can afford to say hallelujah to it. We know that Jesus came out of the grave. And we know that he's alive and well today. And he is our savior today. But what if the stone, when the ladies got there that day, what if the stone still covered the entrance to the tomb that morning? What if it had not been rolled away? How would the people have felt on that day? If that stone had not been rolled away, then those visitors to the tomb that morning would have been pretty miserable. See, the ladies came looking for somebody to roll the stone away so they could anoint the body of Jesus. But when they got there, hallelujah, the stone was not in its place. It was rolled away. But a question I ask today is this, why was the stone rolled away? That's a pretty silly question, Pastor. Some might say the stone was rolled away because Jesus came out of the tomb and the stone was rolled away because he had risen. But I don't think the reason the stone was rolled away was because Jesus came out. After all, after his resurrection, he appeared to a group of his disciples who were scared to death and locked in a room. And he didn't open the door and he didn't knock on the door, he just walked right in. He went through a wall, he went through a door and if he could do that, couldn't he come out of the tomb without a stone being rolled away. You see, the stone was not rolled away for him to come out. I can guarantee you that he needed no door. No wall could hold him out. And no man-made stone could hold him in. No, the stone was not rolled away for him to come out. The stone was rolled away that morning so that the visitors to the tomb could walk in. And down through the years they have said when we walked into that tomb there was nothing there except grave clothes and a napkin folded in a place by itself. The tomb was empty. And you hear me Jesus told Thomas blessed is he that has seen me and believed. But blessed is he that has not seen me and yet has believed. We celebrate the resurrection today because the stone was rolled away so we could go in. The women went in and saw that Jesus was not there. Peter and John went in and saw the same. God rolled away the stone, not so Jesus could rise, but so we could know that he is alive. The open tomb makes it possible for us to go in and see the discarded grave clothes and to see that he's not there. That's why the stone was rolled away. God came down, sent an angel down and rolled the stone away so we could look in. It was rolled away so the empty tomb could be visible for all of us. See, cynics and critics have tried to explain it away but that empty tomb still stands as evidence to all that Jesus is not dead today. He is alive. Job chapter 19 said it this way. I know my Redeemer lives. Can you say it with Job? I know he's alive. And that at the end he will stand upon the earth. In verse 26 of 19 he said, And after this, after the skin, my skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh I will see God. And verse 27 said, For myself I will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. I love the old course that goes, Because he lives I can face tomorrow. Because he lives all fear is gone. Because I know, I know, I know who holds the future. Then life is worth the living. Just because he lives. I read of a park in California where there is a rock hanging on a rope. With a large sign next to it, a big old boulder, about like this, hanging on a rope. And the sign says weather station. And the sign below it has these instructions. It says, Check the rock. If it's wet, it's raining. If the rock is swinging, it's windy. (laughs) If it's dry, it's not raining. If you cannot see the rock, it's foggy. If the rock has been blown away, look out for a tornado. (laughs) It's kind of clever. Anyway, the Hanging Rock Weather Station has a bit of serious side to it. It reminds us to watch the rock. What's the stone? What's going on in our life? I want to apply this to my life today. There's nothing profound in checking the rock to know what's going on. Consider the story. One more time, Matthew 27. The tomb was secured by a large stone, a big old rock. Matthew 28, an angel came from heaven, rolled back the stone, a big old rock, sat on it. Mark 16, they were worried about help with rolling the stone away so that they could go in. But when they arrived, they saw the stone had been rolled away, big old rock. And these verses point out the action of the rock was telling the story of Christ's resurrection. I believe the statement, check the rock, is a verbal instruction to each of us with questions. It's a statement giving us instructions where to get our questions answered like this. Are you wondering about how to receive eternal life? Check the rock. Are you wondering what Easter is all about? Check the rock. Are you wondering about how to be delivered from the sting of death? Check the rock. Are you wondering if Jesus said who he said he was? Check the rock. Are you wondering how to be set free from your addictions? Check the rock. Are you wondering if Jesus, Jesus really conquered death? Check the rock. Are you wondering if Jesus is alive today? Check the rock. Are you wondering if Jesus will speak to you today? Check the rock. Are you wondering if he keeps his promises? Check the rock. Are you wondering why we love him so? Check the rock. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's our weather station today. And I got news for you. It's all clear between me and glory. There's a Jesus that lives and he's alive today because I have checked the rock. I love it. I love it. When you feel like losing it, when the world is slipping into unreality, when illness comes, despair overtakes us. I was privileged yesterday to go to four hospitals. I went to four hospitals. The first hospital I went to was for Reuben and Reem Campus. They had a beautiful baby boy named him Malachi. It was a rejoicing hospital. The next hospital I went to was to see a precious lady who had suffered a stroke. And when I got there, her room was empty. In fact, I walked in on somebody else in that room and I wished them a happy Easter. She had been released and gone to rehabilitation. I thank God for that. The third hospital I went to was to a young man in Brackenridge that I didn't even know. I walked in because somebody asked me to go and he had a horrible wreck several weeks ago and lost a leg and about to lose his other leg one of the most handsome young men I'd ever seen. He's just a beautiful person, and here he was. And I walked in, I said, son, I don't understand all that happens in life, but I want to wish you a happy Easter and let you know that Jesus still loves you. And he smiled and said, thank you, preacher. And then I walked into St. David South, and four weeks ago yesterday, Sister Margarita White was taken in that hospital and not given any chance to live, no chance at all to live. She had had an aorta that had separated from her heart and the doctor said she won't even make it to the operating table. And he gave her 50% to make it through the surgery after he got there. Said she won't make it to surgery, she did. Then he said she won't make it through surgery, she did. Then he said she won't make it through the first night, she did. And then about 10 days later, he upped her our chance to live into 70%. And I went to see her yesterday. She's out of ICU and she's in an intermediate care place and going to rehab on Monday. And you know what I did? I patted her on the hand and I said, he's alive, Sister Margarita, he's alive. Can you clap your hands with me and say, he's alive? He's still in the business of saving and healing. He is alive. Check the rock. First Corinthians said, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost also. One of these Sundays, I'm going to preach about the silent Saturday. I want you to be here. I'm going to announce that sermon. I'm going to preach on the silent Saturday because the silent Saturday is something you need to understand. Friday was death day. Sunday was resurrection day. But silent Saturday, a lot went on. I'll preach that one day. And Easter sunrise reminds me that the tomb was empty. It gives me hope. One man wrote it like this, said, I once scorned ever fearful thought of death. When it was but the end of pulse and breath. But now my eyes have seen that past the pain. There is a world that's waiting to be claimed. Earthmaker, holy let me now depart. For living such a temporary art. And dying is but getting dressed for God. Our graves are merely doorways cut inside. Because he lives. I can live. Because he lives. I can live. I must hasten. I don't have a lot of time today. But thank you for coming today. Every young person, I see the smile on your face. It makes me so happy. It makes me so joyous. Because when you learn to live for God early in your childhood, it does something great down the road. Middle-aged person, parents, thank you for bringing your kids to the house of God today. It's an awesome honor. Older people, you precious people that have kept this church established and going and running, thank you for being here today you let us know that God still takes care of us even in our older age. And for the people that are not here from last year, we have hope today. We have hope if they went to the grave. We had hope if they know Christ that they're coming out of that grave one day and they're going to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye because Jesus Christ is alive today. Amen? One of the greatest stories that I ever read and I'll share it with you in closing today. If Randy will come, I'll share it in closing with you today. It's the story of a man named Caiaphas. Caiaphas was the high priest. He was a man in great authority. He had followed Annas to that place. And the high priest had had a duty to perform every Passover. He was the one that slew the Paschal Lamb at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. See, Jesus hung on the cross for 6 hours from 9 to 3. And then Joseph And Nicodemus came and took him off the tree and put him in the ground. They had to put him in the ground before sundown because the day ended at 6 o'clock. It was 6 to 6 in Jewish time. And they had to put him in the ground so that day could be counted. They could not bury him after sundown. But when they came to get him, they took him and put him in a grave. And then Pilate sealed that grave. But Caiaphas, Caiaphas was really the one that made the decision but because he could not pronounce the death he had to send him to Pilate the Roman governor to pronounce the death but all of a sudden on resurrection Sunday you got to get this folks Caiaphas had heard the news by early afternoon that there was nobody in the tomb Jesus had risen and Caiaphas in his own words, you can read it in a book called the Archival Volumes. It's his own words. He wrote it. It's his own words. And they found his manuscripts. And I read it. I own that book. And I read this a long time ago. And I want to share it with you. When Caiaphas heard that Jesus had resurrected, he went to his office and he locked all the doors and shut all the windows. He wanted nothing to do with this Jesus. Because he knew that if Jesus came after him, he'd seek revenge. And so he hid. But it wasn't long. Caiaphas said sitting at my desk with fear in my heart all of a sudden Jesus appeared. Didn't knock. Didn't knock on the door. Didn't open the door. Just came right through. Because Jesus could do that. And he said he stood there before me and said when I saw him I fell as a dead man to his feet. Caiaphas' words. And he said he came up to me and he touched me on my head and said, Caiaphas, stand up. I am not here to hurt you today. I am here to heal you today. And he said, when I stood and I looked at the face of the one that died on the cross, and knowing he was resurrected, he said, I was faint. But he said, he looked at me with kindness, not firmness, and said, Caiaphas, You're a good man. You really are. But you have an evil heart. But I want to tell you something. You don't have an occupation anymore. Your job is finished. There's no more need to slay any more lambs. Because Caiaphas, you have killed the final lamb. And I am back. And I've come to heal you. And Caiaphas wrote, read it, get the book and read it. Caiaphas wrote it this in his own words. He said, I fell trembling at his feet. And said, he placed his hands on my shoulders and said, I want to call you one of mine. And Caiaphas said, I resign my will to his will. And later that day, he wrote his resignation letter and said, Jonathan will fill my place. And he never again slayed another lamb. Here's what I want to tell you, folks. When you really get the understanding that Jesus really did die for you and really was buried for you and he really did get up, it makes you want to resign everything that you ever thought brought happiness in your life. Because he didn't come today to judge you. He came to heal you today. He didn't come today to call you he come today to say I'm your child I'm your servant I am your Savior and I will serve you and I will help you to become better than you've ever been in your life and that's what Easter is all about Easter is about receiving the Lord and opening up our hearts because the tomb is empty the tomb is empty a little boy asked his mother little more asked his mother one day said will Jesus be at church today on Easter she said son Jesus will be at church today I'd like to tell you the Lord is here today and he's loose in the earth he'll never be in a grave again he's alive and well today come on we need to stand on our feet and rejoice in that because Jesus is alive today he is alive today he is alive today hallelujah it's Easter he's alive today Alive today. Check the rock. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know how much time we'll have here. But I want, I don't do this often. But I want I want those that are here today that have heard the word of the Lord. And you know that your life has not been measured up to what God wants in your life. You know you haven't trusted him. You had not resigned your will to him. Or maybe you did and then you've walked away from him. But on this Easter morning, wouldn't it be awesome to reclaim him? Wouldn't it be awesome to let him reclaim you? Wouldn't it be awesome to allow him to come into your heart? Wouldn't it be awesome to come and confess him and repent to him today and have a fresh start in God today while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed? I wonder if there would be people who would raise their hand and say, Pastor, I need a fresh beginning in my heart today on this Easter. Would you raise your hand? Would you just raise your hand? Be kind enough to raise your hand. I see it. Keep raising them. Keep raising them. Keep raising them. Keep raising them. Amen. Now, as quickly as you raise your hand, I want you to come quickly to this altar right now because I want to pray over you before we leave here. Come on. Come on right now. Everybody, everybody that raised your hand, come quickly right now. Come quickly right now. Come quickly. There's no reason for me not to open up this altar for people today, for a fresh start, a new commitment, a new grace in your life. Come on. Come on right now. Come quickly right now. Come quickly right now. This is an awesome day. This is an awesome day. This is an awesome day. An awesome day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.